Retro Hangover is supported via Patreon by listeners like you. We would especially like to thank patrons Lyle McCarns, Ashton Ruby, Randall Quiggle, Tony G, Katie Quigg, Paul Romalo, Jared Kernop, Raging Demon, Masked Llama, Ozzy Garcia, Keith Gasper, and Diskaimera. Your continued engagement and generous donations are deeply appreciated. Open your ears and crack some beers. You are listening to episode 98 of Retro Hangover. gamers welcome to the podcast where we are fuck i didn't fill out the alliteration I, may, I you know what i'm just gonna roll with that this is episode 98 <laughs> of retro hangover i am your co-host chris copeline with special guests from the secret levels podcast toby and goobs and as always your host shane blazing dick Dragon Kowski. You know, I feel like the um, the Dick Dragon might need to go to the the Dick Doctor if that's going to be the the moniker here. I feel like there are implications, Chris. I didn't say burning. I said blazing. That mm. means you lit it a light on its own. It could be just you could be a ginger. <laughs> Even that, though we know you're not a ginger, but you like might make it look like categorically gingers. worse. Might be. <laughs> so welcome to another episode, everybody. And as you heard in my intro, we have the hosts of the Secret Levels podcast on with us today. How are you doing, guys? Toby, so let's start out with you because Goobs, you've been here before. We'll oh, get yeah. to you in a second. I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. You're already a second class citizen. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> he is Canadian. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, we're we're here to downgrade your show quite a bit. So uh, be prepared oh, thank for God. that. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're taking it down a few levels. On secret levels. Would you, would you say that you're derailing it, Goobs? <laughs> yeah, you could say that. <laughs> it's nice to have you back, Goob. So, what was uh, you were on here for? Uh, what was it? The N64 wrestling games last time. Yes. We had a good time. Yes, and that's did right. your Patreon episode. Go check that out. It was Streets of Rage Four. Streets of Rage Four. Absolutely, we had a good time with that one. We'll join their Patreon. Please do. We'll get to that. We'll throw it all at the end because they have a Patreon too that I'm sure they'll get to, which I'm a part of, Ooh, and you should yeah. check out. But uh, we are here to do something that Secret Levels is known for we're not going to be doing what they do but we are going to be raging in the streets today with some streets of rage let's <laughs> see what you streets, did there. they rage they rage but no meters unfortunately in this game oh. but uh we're we're excited to talk about this game this is a classic sega game i have a feeling that uh it's it's going to be a bit of a, a gang up on on one person of this episode based off the fact that I was on a Streets of Rage episode with the secret levels. Yes, you so were. So now I'm returning this favor 
And I'm sure the llama librarian will point out everything that I uh, contradict myself on. So you guys better be on your best behavior, too, because <laughs> Mass Llama will, will probably hold you to account. I listened to that uh, episode today, actually. So good. <laughs> Before we get into things proper, what we do as we are want to do in these intros is talk about what games we're playing uh, in in our own life. So, Shane, how about you kick us off and you tell us what's going on in Shane's life and the world of video games? Hmm. Well, I mean, the, if you're talking about the world of video games, just on, in a general sense, it's a dumpster fire, much like the rest of the world. But I mean, if you're talking about mine specifically, my my microcosm of gaming, if you will, you know, that's that's probably a, a better place to be, maybe mostly because it's all old games. You know, it's what we do. Right. So a, a lot of my gaming time right now is eaten up with. I guess what you could call preparatory work, right? Because I am going back and replaying some some classic titles that we will be talking about soon, specifically some for our our patented um, and trademarked Spooptober. So so that's been that's been good. Um, getting old PCs to run on modern Windows is always a blast. Let me tell you what, <laughs> and and none of the blast processing either. I have no turbo button anymore, which is. Perhaps the most disappointing thing about modern computing, if you ask me. So we got that going on. And then outside of that, just some of the, you know, the usual suspects. I am uh, still playing the old Republic with a buddy of mine once a week. Get in my MMO fix. And uh, I may have also been convinced within the past couple of days to pick up Magic Arena again. So uh, I am back on that bullshit, such as it is. So, uh, so yeah, man, that's, that's what I'm up to. I don't know. Uh, what, what about you? What, what do you got going on? Well, I'm going to kick it over to Toby, Ooh. uh, just so they can get some time in the you sun would. here. I, I, I am going to, to, you know, I, I've got, I've got a really weird array of games that I've, I've played here recently and I'm not even going to name anything that we're playing for our show. Wink, wink. Uh, so there you go. We, well, I uh, sometimes do these things called pocket reviews for our Patreon, and uh, I tried to play Popeye's Beach Volleyball for Sega Game Gear. <laughs> that sounds horrible. <laughs> it was so bad. It's so bad. Yeah, here, here's the review. I'm not even going to do the review on it because it's that bad. Don't play it. That's it. That's the review right there. Uh, unfortunately, I've been playing Fortnite because I got to unlock Rick. So when I play with my damn kid, I can be Rick from Rick and Morty. Only reason I'm playing it. Don't sure. judge me. I hate Fortnite, but I play with my kid because, you know, it's my kid. So uh, I've been playing that. And the last thing I've been playing is I just downloaded that Mega Man X for the phone. I can't remember what it's called exactly. What's it called? Mega Man. The Mega Man Microtransaction Network. Mega Man X Dive <laughs> is what it's called. And uh, it's kind of like a... I don't know how to describe it, but it's it's interesting. I'm not much for gaming on my phone, but I've been having a, a decent time with it. So that's it. That's that's really what I've been playing. That's not for a podcast. <laughs> All right. So I have a question for yeah. you. Yeah. Um, if there's only one redeeming factor that I can think of for a Popeye's beach volleyball, it would be olive oil in a bikini. Do you at least get that? Swing. You don't you don't get the bikini. You get like the uh, the fifties like uh, long underwear looking swimsuit thing. Uh, all right, never mind. I'm out. Hey, any porn in the storm, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she does wear it pretty good. Not gonna lie, just you know, 
It's just not too revealing. Mm, all that beach ankle. If you really need to, you can post some Popeye Rule 34 in the background of, you know, like in your computer monitor while you play your Game Gear. It's a little <laughs> hard to play with one hand, but you know, no one's judging. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Thank you. <laughs> also, I'm looking at this Mega Man X dive thing right now. This looks like Gachapon hell, dude. I don't know what that means, <laughs> but I, I've been enjoying I'm a Mega Man X uh, fanboy, so like you know, it's kind of my thing. It just yeah, it, it looks like no. I mean, like, listen, I'm glad you're enjoying it. I'm not shitting on that. I'm just saying it. It, it looks like another mobile game where it's like, do you want all the heroes? You can unlock them by grinding or paying fifty dollars, whichever you'd like. Yes, that's what this that's looks exactly, like. You're right. Okay, that's exactly what I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. You okay. can't spell Mega Man without EA. Gross. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Gross. Sorry. <laughs> that was bad. I'll, I'll go next and we'll finish it off with Goobs. So uh, still playing Tokyo Mirage Sessions. I'm almost done with it. I have 40 hours in, so I'm just ready for it to be over. It is such a delightful, dumb game, but it's a Shin Megami Tensei game. So it's hard as balls while it has this really weeb plot where, you know, it's all into Japanese pop culture mm. and it just gets like more and more, um, I don't want to say weird, just, just like, kind of like, what the fuck? Why did this happen? Or how is this happening so fast? Or why is everyone so bubbly and saccharine and happy? And like, it's, it's like really superficial, but it's delightfully Japanese at the same time. So if you like Shin Megami Tensei games, I think I said this last time uh, on the last episode, you should play it. But if you don't like anime things, you need to run far, far, far away from it or <laughs> because you will not like it. Um, Dreamscaper, as I mentioned in the last episode, I did complete a dungeon run one time. And that's because I turned the easy mode on. Don't tell anybody. I don't want them to know. But uh I, I did manage to make it all the way through. It is, I highly recommend it if you like roguelikes. I've seen some people streaming in our Discord recently, or or at least in the Secret Levels Discord, this game called like Dungeon Boyfriend. Uh, I keep seeing that pop up. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to talk to that I, shortly. I'll, okay, so I'll save it for you. But uh, watching that play, um, it's it's, you know, a little bit more... I don't know, a little bit more grounded and serious than a game like that. So uh, Goobs is going to give the skinny on Dungeon Boyfriend for that kind of information. But I still highly recommend it. I did back it on Kickstarter. So there is that and has its own issues. But I will be making a rapid fire review on that for our patrons in the near future. So stay tuned for that. That being said, Goobs, how about you tell us about Dungeon Boyfriend, as you said. It's Boyfriend Dungeon, but either way. Same thing. So, yeah, it's a wonderful little quirky game where you're going around, you're dating weapons, and uh, you're put in some awkward situations. And you male, female, and you can date whatever you want. You can bang whoever you want, and, just, and then you do some roguelike <laughs> uh, things in the dungeon and other levels as well. And you fall in love and find out some interesting plot points about the characters and maybe yourself. Are you a sales <laughs> rep for that game? <laughs> Could be. He's pitching it. Not sponsored, by the way. I don't think The Secret Levels is sponsored by Boyfriend Dungeon dungeon boyfriend no but if they're interested we're, we could both be their boyfriend sponsor. i have several boyfriends in that game so i'm more than welcome to have more mm-hmm. i think you guys could be good sponsors for for that game <laughs> <laughs> one that'll pay us too 
That's a sugar daddy. I like it. <laughs> well, I am excited for today's episode. I'm already having a great time. How about you, Shane? Uh, I am. Although I'm going to I'm going to be honest, like cards on the table. I feel uh, as though I might make some enemies with this with this episode. <laughs> well, if it's not like you haven't already. I mean, true, <laughs> true. I just you know, I'm not necessarily looking to add to the list, but that that may that may occur by by the the conclusion of this episode. We'll see if we become enemies. Just know that me and Goobs are pretty like big pushovers. So, I mean, it's not like we're, you know, threatening enemies or anything like that. So it's all good. Ah, okay, good to know. Low level enemies. Got it. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> They're the guys that walk up to you at the beginning of the first stage. <laughs> ah, yeah, that was one of the stages I was able to, to be great. Oh, okay, good to yeah. know. Yeah. Well, speaking of stages of games and such, I suppose we should probably get into talking about this thing. So we are, in fact, talking about Streets of Rage today and because I know that this is near and dear to his heart, um, I would not want to steal this glory from him. So, Chris, would you like to give us a brief history of Streets of Rage? There's no denying that the beat-em-ups were a main staple for video games in the early 1990s. While Double Dragon had laid the groundwork for the genre, Final Fight redefined it in 1989, causing a boom for beat-em-up fans for the better part of the next five years. Unfortunately for Sega, this hot new title would not be ported to their home console offering, the Genesis. It would, however, be made available on their direct competitor's flagship machine, the Super Nintendo. The slight would force Sega to come up with a way to bring a similar experience to its own home market. Perhaps motivated, at least partially, by spite, Sega identified and fully intended to exploit glaring shortcomings in Capcom's port of Final Fight. Namely, it was single-player only, and conspicuously left out a playable character. If Sega could deliver a high-quality response that offered two-player co-op, they could provide an appealing alternative for hungry beat-em-up fans. With that mentality, eventual lead designer Noriyoshi Oba, in conjunction with famed composer Yuzo Koshiro, would cook up an idea for a beat-em-up that unabashedly borrowed ideas from both Final Fight and Double Dragon. Oba stated that he drew inspiration from television shows such as Starsky and Hutch and The A-Team, though if you actually look at the game, it seems likely that this assertion was more of an intelligent PR move than anything else, since the influence of the aforementioned predecessor games is far more evident. The design ethos behind the game would focus on two-player cooperation to prevent enemies from swarming the heroes. While this may not have necessarily worked out in practice, the ability to have two players at the same time gave consumers something that the SNES just was not providing at a high quality yet. Bare Knuckle Ikari no Tekken would release on Japan on August 2nd, 1991, with the NTSC and PAL versions becoming available on September 18th, 1991 and October of the same year, respectively, under the name of Streets of Rage. Reception was predictably positive, with most reviewers lauding its two-player capability as a huge selling point. 
While data on the game's total sales is somewhat limited, the game was successful enough to earn a port to the Game Gear and the Master System, while also spawning a long-running and well-regarded franchise. While Streets of Rage may not have necessarily been the game that lit the Genesis ablaze, it was certainly one of the axles that kept the Genesis moving ahead of the SNES after the epiphany that was Sonic. The game has been released on almost every compilation Sega has ever released, dating back to the Sega CD, and continues to be a staple in the diet of many Genesis fans. It seems as if the streets will forever be raging. And that is your brief history of Streets of Rage. All right, Chris, thank you very much for that brief history. And you know what's what's interesting? I uh, I didn't realize this when I was looking through this script and I it just hit me while you were reading it. Um, and, and I'm just here to tell you that I appreciate your puns about the Genesis being ablaze. Yeah, they're beautiful. And the axles. Yes. It's very nice. Well done, sir. They were good. They were good. Thank, thank you. Thank you. I will say, like, finding information about this game was really hard to find. I know Toby probably did a better job in the fun facts on the episode I was on with them. But, like, in terms of development, it just pretty much said Sega wanted a game like Final Fight, so they made a game like Final Fight. Yeah, like, that's basically everything <laughs> I found. <laughs> it was just, yeah, they, they needed something that was going to be on the same uh, level as as uh, Final Fight for a beat em up. And I mean, like you said, Double Dragon and Final Fight, it's kind of uh, the mashup of them, too, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's even better than Double Dragon and Battletoads. And that was actually a game. So <laughs> I think they picked the right combination between the two. And I think they came out with a with, with quite a banger yep. uh, for the time. But let's roll into personal experiences. Goobs, how about let's start out with you. Was this the first time you played uh, Streets of Rage? Oh, it was when I was younger. I went over to a friend's house. He rented it. He had the Sega Genesis. And that's uh, pretty much the end of that. And then I was hooked on Streets of Rage from from that day forward. Pretty simple, clear cut. So that was like, was that like around release or was it like a couple years afterwards? Yeah, it was. When was it released again? It was around that time. I was super young. Okay. All right. How about you, Shane? I'm sure that you the big Genesis whore that you are. You you probably play this all the time, right? Oh, God, dude. You don't even know how many hours I put it. Fuck no. I didn't have a Genesis. What's wrong with you? I You know this already. <laughs> I, I didn't, Listen, I didn't own a Genesis, and I knew like one kid who did, and he also did not own Streets of Rage. I, I The only thing I remember that he played on that Genesis whenever I was around there was like Sanic and like what was that primal rage primal fury what was that called primal, primal, primal rage. rage yeah primal rage which by the way uh looks a lot cooler than than it actually is 100 <laughs> percent. but that was like that was like it so i i never played streets of rage like i did play double dragon though i had that for my nes but uh did not experience this one yeah double dick dragon <laughs> <laughs> i love it goobs i i played this game after streets of rage two i don't know how long afterwards but you know once you play streets of rage 2 you really don't need to play another beat-em-up ever or or any other beat-em-up for the most part it's the quintessential wow. beat-em-up it's the it's probably the best one of the best games of all time if not the best game ever made <laughs> what fuck aren't we talking about that then <laughs> uh i don't i don't know you made the schedule shane the game's called blowing the streets 
<laughs> so when I first played Streets of Rage, I, I don't think I really had uh, the proper appreciation for it just because I didn't play it at release. So already the people at Sega had really started to learn to take advantage of the, the Sega's hardware by like 91, 92. So going back and playing games that were released right around the same time in Sonic and pre Sonic was was hard to go back to. So unless you played Streets of Rage one first, your opinion on Streets of Rage probably is 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 a little awkward when it comes to how, how you're playing the game. And I think it is for me, too. I, I will get into how I, I've come to appreciate it more, but it's it's one of those beat em ups that I, I really had a hard time really accepting for what it was and what it was doing. So how about you, Toby? You know, I think it, when we covered this show, I think I said this was the first one I played. But the more and more I think about it, like this, I was only three when this game came out. <laughs> so there's a huge possibility that I didn't start with one and I started with two. And then, you know, finding out like, oh, there's more games out there. I'm going to go play the first one. I still had to be pretty young. I was one of the lucky, fortunate kids that had both the Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis. Good so Lord. I'm surrounded yeah. by a bunch of bourgeoisie privileged <laughs> gamers. I went to a friend's house to play. Don't, I'm not no bourgeoisie bitch. All right. No, that's fine. You know, Goob, no goobs is on my level. All right. That's fair. The rest well, of y'all with your three console Christmas and whatever the fuck else is going on over here. Th- that was before that. Stop. This is pre three console Christmas. I will never Christmas. let that go. <laughs> Yeah, so I I really don't recall when I first played it. I just remember noticing like the difference of the second one and the first one with like the power ups and, and, you know, your special move. I mean, you can kind of tell which one's a little bit better, but we'll get to that, I I suppose. But yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. uh, I do think I played the second one first, though, thinking back on it. It really does feel like a Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat 2 scenario, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's a really good comparison, actually. If you've played Mortal Kombat 2 first, going back and playing the original Mortal Kombat is it's something that's that's for sure. <laughs> it's a thing you can do. <laughs> You're definitely playing two different games when you do that from like it's same thing with Mortal Kombat to Mortal Kombat 1. It's got the same elements, but it's totally different. It feels different and everything. So I, I think that's a mm. very good comparison. Oh, absolutely. Uh, speaking about comparisons. I don't know how that ties into our next topic, but uh, what do we think about the plot <laughs> it sure sounded good in writing? Yeah, it was going down a line. I thought in my head it was sounding OK for a good segue. And then I was like, yeah, yeah OK. So what do you guys think about the plot? Uh, <laughs> uh, Toby. <laughs> the pl- Come on now. The, we, the, 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 plot, <laughs> the plot was this, the, the afterthought. They were just like, oh, yeah, maybe this game should be about something. And, <laughs> you know, they didn't they didn't think out like the the logistics of the fucking special move from <laughs> for each level where a cop car pulls up on a boat and stuff. So uh, I don't think the plot was a there main are thing. fairies, Toby. <laughs> <laughs> the fairies, yes, that's that's sure. They ferried the the car over specifically for this purpose. <laughs> it just waited at the back of the bo- uh, boat until it needed to pull forward and shoot, huh? That's right. Oh uh, yeah, no, I don't feel like the plot is all there. Um, the the plot is probably the weakest point of the series, the entire series. Uh, Cause they're cops. Oh yeah, it's and- terrible. What? Road cops are the new hot thing, man. Fuck it. 
It should have been three teenagers like taking back the streets because the cops are corrupt. And that would have been the game for all us kids to be like, yeah, I'm one of them. I'm going to take back the streets with rage. Yeah, they're making it nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Rageful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think when I was on your show, I was I was kind of asking the question where if they're ex-cops, why are the cops helping them? It doesn't make any sense <laughs> because the general gist of it is that the three of them are ex-cops because the cops have become so corrupt that they can't fight crime anymore. So they decide to go and, and beat up the poors, which have been taken over by the criminal syndicate. And for some reason, they still have cops that like to launch bazookas and missiles at, at the <laughs> poors you're beating up on the way to the rich guy that's controlling all of them. That That's kind of what I'm getting from it now, because now I understand like, oh, they broke away because they had problems dealing with crime because the cops are so corrupt. But I still don't understand why the cops are helping them. I guess they're like insider i it's weird i don't get it i think listen i think the cops that are like rolling up with the the rpgs or whatever are just like yeah. listen man like we, we really believe what you're doing i mean like we don't have the balls to leave the force because like listen i'm like this close to retirement and that pension is sweet as fuck but like <laughs> on the dl we will totally hook you up with a rocket every now and again <laughs> just don't tell because them because we like to shoot missiles that's right <laughs> See, I thought you were going to say that that they were their story was going to be like, well, we don't have the balls to get out of the car, but we'll shoot a freaking bazooka from it, you know. So just give us a call every <laughs> once in like a while, like a mile away. <laughs> yeah, you're doing good work. <laughs> we need target practice. It's been a while since we've launched bazookas in the streets, and you know they they we this isn't our budget. Like we do have to expend. Uh, a bazooka round and a minigun fire with grenades or whatever they do uh, <laughs> once a month. So can you can you please hook us up? Like, we'd really appreciate it. Goobs, what you got? Makes no fucking sense. <laughs> Just a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> fucking, they're putting a story in there for the sake of a fucking story. Yeah, cops on cars driving into. It's all just a bunch of malarkey, I say. Just, you don't need a fucking story. It's a beat them up. Sure, there's Mr. X at the end, but fuck it. Who cares what his name is or who cares how he got there? Just fuck, I'm going to punch him in the head a couple times to call it a day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who I am. I don't know why I'm here. All I know is that I must kill. Exactly. I do like the fact that the plot takes a backseat in this game. Unlike when you get to, you know, Streets of Rage 3, but we're not talking about that game. And that's yeah, that that's when it really fell off a cliff because then it wanted to actually have a story um, of sorts. Yeah, it doesn't have one here. What? So, Shane, do you have anything to add here? I mean, I do want to I do want to touch on the fact that the ending is straight ripped out of Double Dragon. Yeah, I, I don't really have a whole lot of value to add here, really. I mean, honestly, much like the plot doesn't add anything of value. I mean, like, OK, <laughs> it's all in the opening scroll, right? Which, for the record, is a sweet ass opening scroll sequence. Oh, it is good. It is good. Yeah. But you're just like, you know, you're, you're some young cops. You go rogue or well, ex-cops, I guess, which also is interesting because how do you become an ex-cop when you're like 24? Like that's. But anyway, they got to They got to take justice into their own hands because, you know, that whole like vigilante with a heart of gold thing seemed to be like all the rage in like you know the 80s and early 90s so it's on brand it's on brand i was a meter maid and now i'm fighting in the streets for justice because they are really young i mean there's no way they would be like high up ranked up officials right like they, they got to be like on the beat or something and somehow they're like super trained and stuff all of them are like experts with hand-to-hand -hand combat yeah that's that's yeah. normal they just you don't 
don't think about it too much. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine here. All cops are jujitsu champions. Didn't you know that? Oh, yeah, of course. And big wrestling fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that I can believe. That that's In fact, that's how they got their skills, is they just watched WWF and WCW in the early 90s. And yep. were like, yeah, we could do that. In fact, it, maybe it's just like Mario Brothers 3, and it's all an act. Mm. Well, now we're getting real meta. Yeah, but speaking of wrestling moves, let's talk about the gameplay and those sweet wrestling moves you get to do. Goobs, I know that you are a huge wrestling fan. That's why you were on our wrestling episode. So how about you talk to us about all these sweet suplexes that are just doled out in this game? There's also many suplexes in this game, as there are German suplexes which is a nice variation when you grab a guy from behind, you jerk him from the hips, you grab him nice and hard by the hips, and you thrust your pelvis into his buttocks, and you slam him backwards on him. his neck while you're jerking him off at the same time. It's an explosion. It's glorious. I haven't heard, I haven't seen them jerk off uh, in, in, in the ring. But no, in this game, nothing but German suplexes nonstop. <laughs> That's how I play. There's a jump right behind the yeah. female I'm fighting. Thrust German suplex. Call it a day. There's some good funk grapples, too, where you can like throw them across the stage and kick them across the stage as well. The, the attacks in this game are plentiful and lovely. And don't forget that good old flip over where you keep your arms straight, because that's an actual thing that happens in a fight. <laughs> well, that's that's the only way you can get behind people in a fight, Goobs, is you do a, a full flip over them. Duh. Yeah, we see your arms fucking 90 degrees. You've never been in a fight. Uh, that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> oh fuck off and they just let you do it maybe we fight different <laughs> up here in canada <laughs> it's well you it's it's the cirque du soleil that you get from montreal it was cirque du soleil <laughs> wow uh do you have any criticisms or anything like that oh, let's move to toby so generally what do you think of like the gameplay and everything toby see okay when, when i when i'm trying to analyze games i try to not think of the the future games that are a hundred times better and move a lot quicker and, and stuff. This game is fine. The gameplay wise, it just feels a little slow in certain spots. Just there's no dash, which I know when I'm trying not to compare it, I'm not trying to compare it. I swear, but in the future you do get the dash and that's so nice to have. You can get to the enemies a lot quicker. Uh, there's plenty of weapons Plenty of different moves. I, I'm so glad it's not like a double dragon where you kind of learn your moves as you go. Like you only get one move at the beginning of the game. Like you get everything right at the beginning and you can pick up different items and, and throw enemies into other enemies. Like it's great. And then when you get to the bridge level, you got to throw the enemies in the hole. Like who doesn't throw the enemies in the hole, right? Who doesn't like a nice gaping hole? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, you, you kind of said it earlier. Like this is one of the top tier beat em up games i feel like i i mean i know it didn't get a lot of love by sega originally but i i feel like uh, i'm gonna say something controversial this is definitely a whole lot better than final fight actually i don't think that's i don't think that's controversial i, I really you know, don't think that's controversial i think a lot of people are such like final fight fanboys that that might make some people mad so don't be mad at me that your game sucks and this <laughs> game is pretty rad you know you get two players which is a big plus. Uh, hitting your partner sucks. That's terrible. But I mean, that's that's beat them up. You know, you got to deal with some of the. That's pretty standard. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I love it. it. I think it plays great. It's just mm -hmm. slow when you play other beat em ups. Now, I, I'll, I'll agree with you in, in terms of it feels slower. It is slower than later beat em ups. It's 
better than what you were getting before. It's certainly better than any of the beat em ups on the NES. Like, yes, that's, that's pretty much it's better, way better than Golden Axe, in my opinion. It's leaps 100%. ahead of Golden Axe. But you can dash in Golden Axe, kind of, but it just feels awkward. So maybe that's why they took it out, because they just wanted to see what it'd be like without it. I like the fact that all three characters play not as different as later games because they they have their definitely their different play styles in the later Streets of Rage games, but they are noticeably different. So like when you're playing with Adam, you're super slow, but you're going to do a ton of damage. But his slowness is going to have a lot of difficulties, at least I found with like boss battles. But Blaze is super quick and she can move wherever she needs to. And it's easier for her to take down bosses if you know the boss's pattern and what to do. Whereas Axel is just kind of in between and his jump is just absolute ass. So, <laughs> and, and yeah, because of that, Axel is my least favorite character in this game because he can't jump for shit. Oh, see, I pl- that's who I play with. I usually play with Axel or, or I did this time around when I played it and I was like, yeah, yeah. Axel's my guy. I'm sure it was different the last time I played it, <laughs> but this time I felt like Axel was my guy out of out of the three characters. But I kind of think that's that's the good thing, too, is that you have a character that can really contort to your play style like it can comply to the way you want to play it. So if you want to play fast, if you want to play faster, but do less damage, you have someone like Blaze, who's like I would essentially like Blaze is like the easy mode, whereas Adam's kind of the hard mode and Axel's he's normal. He's just he's fast enough. He can get out of the way of a lot of the enemy attacks, but he's he's powerful enough that he's going to be able to do enough damage. So Axel's acceptable. But there's some some situations where you're going to need to do a jump kick. And if you don't normally do jump kicks, then Axel's probably the the, the person for you because well, Adam and Blaze rock at it. Yeah, they've got that like extended leg kick while while Axel has that knee like it's such a shorter range attack with with the jumping. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I th- you know, that that's a really good point that like the the three different characters is like easy, medium and hard. And I, I love you got to love at the beginning of it where it actually tells you the stats. So it's not like you're just like playing and, oh, why does this character feel faster? Like it tells you like, hey, these are their stats. This person's got an A in this or a B in this. You know, it, it kind of yeah. gives you some kind of indication of like how you want to play. So that's that's really cool and nice that they did that. Oh, I 100 percent agree. Before I ramble on more, before we ramble on more to uh, Toby, Shane, how right. about you get on this? Yeah. Uh, are you? Are you prepared for this? Are you, are you ready? Because I'm pretty sure that when you said at the beginning of the episode, it was going to be a three on one gang up. I, uh, I now know who the unfortunate one is. You're Mr. X. Yes. Yes, that's right. Yeah. You're you're on the white couch, Shane. I, I am indeed. All right. Where, where do I begin with this? So jumping into this game immediately, the gameplay feels extremely stilted and slow. Um, especially coming from someone who's not been into a ton of beat em ups. I'm not like a huge fan of the genre necessarily, but one of my favorite games of all time, and I'm going to make this comparison for the rest of the episode. So buckle the fuck up turtles in time, right? That game is smooth as fuck. And for the record, in case anybody out there who's listening right now is like, but Shane turtles in time clearly came out like years after this game so they had time to improve on the formula uh no no it did not you know what came out in arcades in 1991 turtles in time you know when that got released to home consoles 1992 it was a year after this game so don't give me any of that shit all right (laughs) so setting the scene with that it feels like a chore 
to like traverse the screen in this game, just like full stop. And I always felt like I was chasing down enemies like constantly while also like slogging through a mud pit because most of the enemy AI seems to be programmed in such a way that they are like absolutely determined to stay like just out of reach all the time. Yeah. And that is like super frustrating. And then you kind of couple that with um, a lot of hits that honestly feel like cheap shots, like a good example, right? I played as Blaze, by the way, which I find hilarious that you were just like, yeah, Blaze is like easy mode. He's like, it's like baby's first beat him up or whatever. <laughs> I got to like round four and said, fuck this game just for the record. Wow, That's how far my kid got in it when we played. Well, there you go. <laughs> Dude, that fire breathing asshole. I was just like, I'm done. Yeah, that, that's fair. That's fair. But OK, this happened a lot um, where, you know, I would get within range and I would go. And even if I hit like my attack before and I knew I did it before uh, the enemy had a chance to attack, they would still somehow manage to sneak in. Not one, because if they hit you once, they get enough time to hit you twice. So it's it's always a one two punch. And that feels real cheap to me and i'm gonna give every anybody a second to jump in if they'd like to because i'm about to go off on the boss mechanics in this game so <laughs> before i ramble about that does anybody have anything else they want to add here let the rage flow through you go for it <laughs> okay great let it, let it flow thanks scoops you are the best person to say that i'm not on a street but i sure am going to rage all right so the boss mechanics in this game are fucking garbage that's I and I'm going to go ahead and say that and I don't care what anybody thinks because, OK, it is one thing, right, to have unique attack patterns. That's a good thing. And again, Turtles in Time does this very well, but it's another thing entirely to have very specific and often unclear or difficult to pull off methods to defeat a boss. That is bad. OK, and every single one of these bosses, you can argue, I guess, that they have unique attack styles because they do, but it honestly feels less like you're determining the best way to adapt and overcome their attack pattern and more like you're just figuring out what the best way is to cheese bad AI because that's basically the best way to take on every one of these encounters. Like example, third round, right? That boss is actually a complete pushover if you just jump kick him constantly because his programming is to just bum rush you in a straight line every single time. So if you just time a jump kick really well, he's down in like 10, 15 seconds. And that's not to me, that's not like a well-programmed boss encounter to where it's like, oh, I understand this pattern. I'm going to avoid these attacks. I'm going to attack when I have an opportunity. That's not what this is. This is just. I've figured out that the only way to reliably beat this boss is to basically exploit poor AI programming. That's fair. That's very fair. I think it is a fair criticism. I think the AI gets better in, in later games, better as in harder. But yeah, I think mm. it's a, that's a fair thing to say is that you just have to find the weak point in the programming, not the pattern, right? Right. I mean, basically, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at. And I know to me, and maybe, you know what? again different strokes right like if that if you're like that's totally cool with me and i feel accomplished by figuring that out awesome i'm i'm actually like unironically happy that that makes you happy but for me it just doesn't it doesn't feel like an accomplishment it feels like i've just found out that this game is just not written particularly well and like 
it's not that I've overcome like a challenge. It's like I've exploited something. And to me, that doesn't necessarily feel great. Yeah, I think that works for some of the bosses. I think when you talk about, you know, uh, the, the wrestler boss that's on the beach in, in stage three is what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that boss is a little cheesy. I'll give it that. But the rest of the bosses, I I don't I don't really agree with you on because if like the okay. first boss is the boomerang boss. one, yep. the first boss is the boomerang one. You can take that out. Just is a general easy first boss. It's not supposed to be that overly difficult. He is big and menacing. Right. But even his passing AI, though, yeah. that's the thing. If you hang around the top of the screen, like center top of the screen. Yeah. His passing AI makes him do this like little half like half circle down across the bottom of the screen. And you just need to time a jump kick once he gets towards the top of either edge of the screen. And he'll just repeat that pattern over and over again. The thing is, is how many people are going to just do that? Not many, but the point the point is, is that if that is the most straightforward way to overcome a boss encounter, to me, that's just like I said, it's 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 poor programming. Sure. I mean, it might be poor programming, but you're doing it with examples. I mean, how did you learn these strategies? YouTube, obviously. (laughs) Obviously. I mean, you didn't find them naturally. No, ain't nobody got time for that. It's a beat em up. It takes less than an hour. Me and my son beat it and he's 10, <laughs> so just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. Oh, I can just exploit this AI. And because I can exploit AI, it's bad. Like, if you don't know how to exploit the AI and you have to figure it out, yeah, it's it's going to be a different experience. I'm pretty sure, like, I've never looked up a YouTube video, with the exception of one boss, which I'll kind of bitch about, um, on how to exploit these bosses. Because... It's just a general joy to play and fight against these bosses and figure it out. Yeah, it can be a little cheap, especially with the little fucker running around while you're trying to fight the boss. That part sucks. I fucking hate that dude. But see, (laughs) that's what I disagree with, though. I don't I didn't feel like. And by the way, for the record, I did not look up anything about this game before just jumping into it. So I didn't like preload any cheese knowledge into figuring out how to play this game. I went at it completely blind And I found zero joy in any of these boss encounters, because even if you take away the discussion about whether or not, you know, they were programmed well and how exploitable they may or may not be. And again, this is probably because I'm I'm just spoiled. You know, we we have the luxury of being able to look back at this game with experiences from other games, which kind of tend to, you know, color our perception of it. Right. But. None of these boss encounters to me were honestly all that creative. They were like, again, I have to go back to something like Turtles in Time where like almost actually just about every one of the bosses had a very unique style, a very unique attack pattern, often several different types of attacks and patterns. And that game came out like the same year in the arcade and to home consoles the next year. And every one of the encounters in this one just felt very bland to me. Like, maybe that's just me. I think that's a pretty fair look at it, you know, because we we aren't talking about it as it's a brand new game. And you've already experienced Turtles in Time and some of the other better uh, beat-em-ups than this particular game. But as it was coming out, like, this was kind of a big game changer when it when it came out. Again, I know that's... That's then compared to now. Sure. But yeah, I, I see what you're saying. There, there's, there was nothing special about the 
bosses. Like they didn't throw something and then like duck behind a, a barrel for a minute and then, you you know, throw grenades. Like there was nothing like unique about each battle. Like, yeah, they may have jumped around and kicked, but it wasn't unique. Saying Ultimate unique. Warrior and Freddy Krueger right. aren't unique. <laughs> you fucked. <laughs> yeah, they're totally not ripoffs. <laughs> Definitely not. Also, just to, to just to put a capstone on my rant so you guys can go back to talking about how much you love this game. <laughs> I also just want to say, did they just like give up after round five? Like what what happened? It's <laughs> like round six is a repeat boss, but like, oh, no, there's two. Round seven has nothing for a boss encounter. And then round eight is just a boss gauntlet of like palette swaps. <laughs> like what happened? OK, round seven is an elevator fight. Round seven is like the stage is the fight. That's true. That's true. It is the required elevator must. level. Every beat em up legally <laughs> needs to have an elevator level. Yeah, it needs to have an elevator. It's level. not a technical uh, beat em up if there's not some type of elevator level. That's true. That is true. It, it, you can't complain about the bosses and then complain that a stage doesn't have a boss. Be your favorite uh, stage. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Chris, and I'm going to tell you that after round five, they ran out of ideas. Yeah, I think that's unfortunate, you know, because you get the like you said, the double repeat in the, whatever stage that is and then no boss and then just hammered with a gauntlet from hell. So, yeah, it's un- it's unfortunate. They should have had one more boss. At least for for that seventh round. <laughs> All right, I'm done. You can go back to talking about how awesome it is. Yeah, that's some valid points. Give you that shame. Nah, it's just like I don't have any of the nostalgia for this game. So like I knew I was going to come into this and be like harshly objective. And so I knew that I, I was going to be the one that was going to be like the Debbie Downer on this conversation. But see, you have that power of seeing the things that we are just we, we we just were used to because of nostalgia. So that's mm. that's a good take. We've got the nostalgia glasses on, man. Yeah, yeah. It's true. So you can come in and, and like shit on it if it's a good game or not, while we're just like, but it's so good. I mean, you can play as Axel, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> I think what Toby said, though, Shane, is like, these are valid criticisms. I think all of us enjoy this game because... Again, you you compare it to a lot of the games that were every game. I'll say every, almost every beat em up on the NES. And some people mm-hmm. say, oh, well, I like River City Ransom more. or I like um, Mighty Final Fight more. And I could I could see that to a position. But like Streets of Streets of Rage, when it came out in terms of the gameplay, it was essentially doing the exact same thing that Final Fight was doing in the arcade. And it combined it with some things that Double Dragon did. So. Up to that point, you didn't have anything quite like Streets of Rage. And you're like, well, Turtles came out in the arcade the same year. Well, yeah, Final Fight came out in 89. So when you think about that, Streets of Rage is probably being developed in 90 and it came out in 91 for a much like more anemic piece of hardware. Because the Sega Genesis, yeah, it was an arc is based around arcade hardware from like 19. 19- 86. Yeah, it's going to have things that aren't going to be as good as what you can get off an arcade board that came out in 1991. 
And then you say, well, a year later, yeah, look at a lot of things that happened over a year period. I mean, technology was rapidly, rapidly accelerating in the early 90s, and people were just getting their hands on what the SNES hardware could do because they'd been out for two years with Turtles in Time. Sure. So I understand everything. And I'm not here to argue that Turtles in Time isn't a better game. Turtles in Time is a far superior game to Streets of Rage. You will not hear me say anything otherwise. But I mean, the, the strong points that that Streets of Rage brings to the table, because I'd is is undeniable especially because like if you gave me double dragon 2 or streets of rage i would take streets of rage 10 out of 10 times Mm -hmm. and i can't think of another game on a home console that was released at that point a beat-em-up that i could say was better than streets of rage in 1991 no i mean that's fair yeah i i think it had it had its its window right where it was like it was like the thing also i'm not necessarily I, i don't want to downplay what the game did you know, for the genre, especially kind of how we mentioned in, in the brief history, because I think it is absolutely important. But of the four of us, I think I'm the only one that doesn't necessarily have much nostalgia for the game. And so if if for nothing else, hopefully maybe I can bring a little bit of objectivity to the discussion, but I don't want that to downplay, you know, what the game did and its place in gaming history, because I think that is very much important. But um it's it's got some shortcomings you know shane this is a retro gaming podcast people come to come to us for us to tell them that their favorite games from the past are either perfect or great (laughs) (laughs) somewhere in between those two things right yeah yes uh but i will say yeah this this game is the gameplay is is extremely basic um it's it's of the era it's of the time and I even said this earlier, like if you played a game later than Streets of Rage, I think it's harder to go back to. Yeah. Uh, it, like you said, Mortal Kombat to Mortal Kombat 2. Toby agreed. Goobs is somewhere agreeing with us. In, um, in, in <laughs> we a, assume in he agreed. <laughs> we're, we're assuming the, the difference is stark and it's noticeable between the two games. And that year of of Sega getting into the weeds with with the beat em up did him a great deal of time because, yeah, this. The, the gameplay here is just it's rudimentary and it has a lot of issues. Still think it's fun. And I'll get to that later. Um, Before we move on, like Goobs, like you said, you like the game's German suplexes. So like you've heard Shane's criticisms of the, the bosses and stuff. So just anything else you got. Yeah. Instead of the bosses and stuff like that, I just want to plug in something little here. As, as I mentioned earlier, I was playing with my 10 year old, my son's in. And we're playing, and I swear to God, he was falling asleep when we were playing how slow this game was moving. Because I wanted to play with him before when we reviewed it for the (laughs) show. But uh, he's like, he loves playing beat-em-ups with me. I'm trying to get him more into the retro gaming. So beat-em-ups are super easy, super casual, and they don't take too long. About an hour, hour and a half at most. So he comes and sits down and plays with me. And uh, we're playing, and we're at uh, stage five. And he's like, his character's not moving. I'm like, like, you sleeping? I look over my shoulder and he's just like has a fucking blanket over him lying down on the couch playing. I'm like, yo, you got to sit up and get in the action. He's like, no, this game's (laughs) too slow, dad. So I totally understand uh, the whole slow thing. And my kid absolutely hated that. But I don't mind the old good old grind, especially like, you know, the dash is coming in future games. So I guess they can put up with it for this one. It was some good old school fun. But yeah, he absolutely hated it but he told uh my wife just jenny bean gotta get it in there <laughs> <laughs> and he told uh 
Jenny that he liked the game. I'm like, he's full of shit. He's falling asleep during it. And then once we died the first time, like ran out of continues and stuff because I was carrying his ass because he's a 10 year old chump gamer. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, we're trying to start again. And then I hit start button. He's like, no, fuck this, dad. And then, like walked off to his bedroom and just he's like, didn't want no part of it. <laughs> That's too bad. But yeah, no, it's. Maybe he'll come back to it later. <laughs> no, I highly doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So one thing I think that I can agree on, on being a downside of the game here is how the game looks graphically. The reason I do say that is a game that came out on the same system in the same year as Streets of Rage. And that game, well, actually the year before, if I, if I remember correctly, with Sonic the Hedgehog, which had big, colorful, detailed sprites, moved really fast. Uh, very colorful and vibrant and streets of rage too. the, the character sprites themselves don't feel very detailed. They, they look rather small. And again, I I'm thinking in comparison to like sock, the hedgehog and streets of rage Two the next year. And they were just kind of blah. I mean, even if you compare it to final fight on the super Nintendo. Now, one of the things I do like about it is that especially in the first stage, the, the backgrounds, the details, everything like that, it does really bring out like an urban environment, the the kind of grittiness that they're, they were trying to go for of, you know, fighting in the streets and stuff like that. It does do a good job of that, but I don't feel like it's really a giant step over what you would get on the master system. And that's it's not too much of a slight. The master system has some really good looking games, but in, in a way, compared to what you knew the Genesis could do, it's somewhat lackluster. Well. Let me interrupt you right there, buddy, because uh-huh. I played the Game Gear version. I was going to do a pocket review for the Game Gear version because I wanted to see if there was any differences. I enjoy the look of this game. Uh, it's very 16 bit. I mean, obviously, I think Final Fight, we can all agree, looks bigger and better with the big chonky uh, sprite. This one's a little more pixelated. If you look at the Game Gear and the Master System version, it is very ugly. It is so dumbed down. It is more blocky than this version. So I feel like they did a lot with the backgrounds in this. The, the back, All the backgrounds are beautiful in this game. I agree. I think their characters are a little small, but they're not bad for for. They're just they're not bad. Like they they work. But I think that the atmosphere definitely uh, gives this version a a a heads up. You know, I think it's good. I, I think if you if you went and played the Game Gear version, you'd be like, "Ooh, this is the muted down version." Like it's it's definitely like two or three steps below it. It's, you got fucking butter on your eyes. <laughs> so, something <laughs> like that. It's ooh, it's rough. I mean, it still has a lot of the same like aesthetic, but like it's really rough compared to the Genesis version. So yeah, backgrounds are beautiful in this game. Uh, it has a lot of parallax scrolling too in some of the levels. Which yes, is great. Goops. Well, the graphics are what they are. They're uh, pretty much uh, low level on the Genesis, but I still fucking love them dearly. We know what the Genesis can do, and it does what Nintendo can't or Nintendo don't. Sorry, got the quote all fucked up there. <laughs> you almost fucked that wow. up so bad. Jeez, that was close. Nintendo Nintendo can't. Nintendo can't. It's my Canadian accent. Fuck off, you hoser. Nintendo. But yeah, no, it's a uh, pretty basic graphics, but it's passable, and it's, the the neon lights are fucking beautiful. 
the sand and the water coming on to the shore. Beautiful. Going on a tangent here. And uh, the tangent is done. Yeah. Graphics are passable the best. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's very kind of you to just like purposefully bookend that rant. It's, it's nice. Well, I don't know what I can up hear it on so i'm just like fuck it <laughs> cut it short uh all right I'll, I'll jump in on this one so uh, interestingly enough i almost thought that this was the one thing that that i liked more than chris about this game i think so uh but then then my opinion changed a little bit <laughs> the further i got into it i feel like they they like they busted their graphic nut like in the first level right because the the neon and all the cool shit happening in the background of the city level in the very first round that Chris mentioned is is really awesome and it looks great. I I, I absolutely think so. I and while they're not bad, I wouldn't call them bad. I feel like none, almost none of the other levels quite live up to that same sort of vibrancy, you know, and the the use of color that they had going on in that first round. Um, it makes a real great first impression for sure. Uh, and honestly, I think part of it is that it seems like I think this game suffers from the same thing that games from any other era of gaming really have suffered from, which is shooting for some level of realism. Because if you're making that comparison between something like Sonic, for example, um, which is hyper colorful and very stylized, and that's what helps that sort of stand the test of time better as well. Anything that is picks a very specific style and, and goes with it usually will tend to fare better than something that has tried to look more realistic. And I, if I had to go out on a limb, I'd say that maybe that's part of where this game um, suffers a little bit in that it was kind of shooting for that like gritty streets realism. And um, that kind of contributes to maybe why the graphics aren't as vibrant and as colorful as perhaps we would want them to be. Um, but overall, nothing, nothing terrible um, by any stretch. Uh, I think, you know, it, it definitely does the job. The backgrounds for sure are the high point, the parallax scrolling, very nice, especially on like the, uh, the boat level yeah. in in the windows that that looks pretty awesome. Yeah. But overall, not bad. I will say the, the amount of frames of animation kind of got to me too. I think even when you talk oh, about oh, like the walking animations, yeah, even like the wrestler when he yeah. charges at you, he just kind of shuffles his way over to you and puts his hand out. He just stands still <laughs> and flies across the fucking level. He just teleports. Yeah, it's like there's some there's some times where you can tell the amount of frames of animation that went into it, or like when you're going to Mister X's level and his his chamber, so to speak, and you have those dinner plates that are flying at you, and I understand like animation wasn't quite there yet but it just looks like they just took one sprite and it just kind of hovers over to you while while you're walking through the level like the the amount of detail just wasn't quite there yet you know the the, the developers of this game it just hadn't grasped what the the true potential that the genesis could do and you know it it is what it is it plays it plays like a priest it i won't say it plays like a pre-sonic uh, genesis game but it looks it definitely looks like a pre-Sonic Genesis game. It looks like something that could have came out in 88 or 89 for the system. And it would be indistinguishable from the rest of the library. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, Shane was right. They blew the budget with the uh, first level, <laughs> making it look real yeah. pretty. Now, uh, the you know, the, the beach level, it does have the water flowing up and it's got the nice pretty background and some rain every once in a while. And then you've got the boat level, the ferry or boat, whatever it is. 
mm-hmm. you've got the movement of the boat going up and down and you got the city moving in the background. I mean, they there's a couple of levels that are that are pretty impressive, but I you know, we we I don't remember where we heard it from, but uh, a, a lot of games, you know, put a lot of work into the first couple of levels because of rentals right. back in the day. So they would try to catch you with the first couple of levels. So you'd keep renting it and be like, oh, that game's so cool. And then that's why, like, usually like the later half of the game is just like, I don't know, just whatever. It doesn't have to. <laughs> shit doesn't have to move in the background. Just put in a fucking elevator. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> just it just fucking moves. Well, sometimes they have kiosks as well, right? That would have the game in it, so you can play the game. Like, oh shit, this game is really good. Let's bring it home. Or if not rented, buy it. You bring it home, and then you're trapped. <laughs> like, oh shit, this is not as cool as yeah. I thought it once yeah. was. I, I do think that the the first part of this game looks better than the second part of the game for sure. Oh, by far, by far. I don't think there's any question there, especially like the mechanical level with like those those crushers. Oh, fuck that level. Yeah. Three frames of animation is just like, er, 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 and, oh, <laughs> fuck that. I, I don't like that level at all either, because that that can be fucking devilish. Oh, that fucking level. The conveyor belt. I don't like that either. What I do like, though, is mm. the the just fucking music of this game, guys. What do you guys think? That's part of the fucking game. Mm. Saucy. Yep, hundred percent. Yuzo Koshiro kills it. Toby, it's it's great. I mean, I mean, I think Streets of Rage Two is obviously the one people look like point at when they're like, "Oh yeah, Streets of Rage Two's got the great music." But this one, this one has some pretty damn good music in it as well. We won't talk about three, but, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> number one and two definitely are in the conversation of being like really great soundtracks. So, yeah. I got a hot take for my child on this one. He said it sounded like a grandma's ringtone. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's not totally inaccurate when you think about when this game came out. It could be your grandma's ringtone. Some of the songs actually thought like vibration from a cell phone during the song. I think it was on uh, stage four. It was like you hear like in the background. Like, is my phone ringing? No, it's the fucking game. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Yuzo loved his house mix. Let's let's be real here. I mean, oh, I, I think that you have some some killer tracks here. Uh, some of the best in the series. The first stage is it just it's gets you pumping like it wants. It makes me want to just all hyped up and ready to play the game. And then you have uh, Moon Beach, which is on the beach level, obviously. And I love the theme to that level, too. Not to mention Mr. X's theme. There are very few songs I would even call like average in this game i don't think i can think of one i call average maybe maybe the boat maybe the boat but other than that i mean just this thing is just all killer no filler it's it's especially great i don't think i call it better than streets of rage 2 no but there are those that would i mean the boss the boss music for each level is pretty pretty good like you know when you get to the boss with that like that winding up yes. like bassy noise uh so yeah it's great music's great in this that's what you can do with the genesis when it's not making fucking fart noises <laughs> this is what you can do when 100%. you actually have someone who knows how to use it are you are you saying there's still fart noises goobs because i know you're one you're one to say that all the genesis puts out is fart noises uh, toby's the one that says about the fart noises but yes uh, i'm the fart noise guy and he tries to defend it yeah you are the fart noise guy that's right 
Yeah, now the general sound direction itself, it's it's not the greatest. They did improve a lot on it on the Sega CD version, though, if you've if you've ever played that. But uh, I, I, I it's compressed. It's it is. It's not that big of a deal, though. I mean, the enemies do sound kind of funny when they're dying, like their weird scream is semi hilarious. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, the females in particular, that screech sounds like somebody <laughs> like is one. like beating a modem that owes it money or something. I don't know. Like, man, I like the scream. I don't know. I don't it's, mind it. It's so grating, though. <laughs> it's not like when, when you beat up the dudes and like, eh. like what? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, like by comparison, right? You've got this super high bar that the music sets and then the sound effects by comparison are just, they're not great. They're, they're highly compressed. They're kind of generic for the most part, but I mean, they get good crunchy punch noises. Yeah, you do get that. Yeah. Yeah. I like the punch noises. Oh, the weapon noises too, man. Oh, I know they're dull. I don't like the weapon noises at all. I think they're subdued. What the pipe and the bat? No, they, they don't make like pipe and bat sounds. It's just like, dunk. The fucking beer bottle shatters, though. Yeah, that was nice. That the bottles, yes, I like the bottle sounds. Those are good. Uh, and the stabby when you when you stab with it, that that sounds like you're actually you know, like getting some flesh. That that's some nice stuff. You know, for a 16 bit game, anyway, it's it's good. All right, so let's I think it's time to talk about whether or not this game holds up today and make our way to the end of the episode. So I'll let our guests go first, and since the Canadian heat is freezing goobs's connection on and off i will let him go first so goobs in your opinion does this game hold up today uh i like to say yes but there's definitely probably a no there's so many other beat-em-ups you can play that run much better than this one is this one nostalgic 100 percent, yes is it worth playing yeah it still kind of is but like if you're gonna play beat-em-up you, if you're you, there's so many other choices but Streets of Rage holds a special place in my heart. Probably one of the first beatmos I played besides Double Dragon. So I gotta, I don't know, yeah, play it. It's kind of fun, <laughs> especially if it's someone to play with you, unless like they're standing behind you grabbing your tits and they're Axel and you're Blaze. It's kind of <laughs> awkward when your kid's playing Axel and you're Blaze. So that's uh, another discussion for another time. But yeah, I try it out. Question mark? <laughs> 50-50. That's what I'm going to go with. Good to go. How about you, Toby? <sighs> Is it still worth playing in this day and age with all the other beat-em-ups? I, could, I would definitely say I like this game. I love this game. I think it's a great game. And if you are a fan of the history of beat-em-ups and games in general, this one did a lot for its genre. Is there 900 other better beat-em-ups? Most definitely this I, I could I would say skip this one if you know, if, if you're just kind of running through like the best of because I don't think this truly makes the top 10 best of beat em ups. Uh, I love it. I think it's a great game if you play it, but I don't think it's something that's a have to play like you can play the second one and and you can clearly see if you play the second one, like why that one is so beloved. Uh, so, yeah, uh, great game just doesn't necessarily need to be played in this day and age. You know what? I I think I'm going to I think I'm going to have to go even harsher on it than you guys did. I came into this thing that it absolutely held up. 
I think it did. And even on your episode, I gave it like a 7.75 out of 10. And I think that was because I was among people who love and appreciate this game uh, for for what it was and, and what it was at the time. But, you know, just talking about it now and, you know, Shane, Shane bringing the objectivity and kind of bringing us all down to earth on this, it sounds like, and just, you know, shitting all, you know, all in our Cheerios. Thanks, Shane. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for ruining your childhood, Shane. <laughs> yeah, we love it. We appreciate it. Do I love this game? Yes. Well, can I play this game and have a good time with it? Yes. Do I think that someone who has never played this game should play this game today? No. Unless they have a podcast. <laughs> yeah, unless they have a podcast. Then then you need to play it. <laughs> Make Shane play it. Do I think that you should play this game? Does it hold up today? You know what? If I if I put on the objectivity hat here, no, it doesn't. It it doesn't hold up because if you could just go and play Streets of Rage 2 or Streets of Rage 4 or Turtles in Time or, you know, Scott Pilgrim versus the world, you're going to have a better time than you are going to with with this game. There, There is absolutely zero denial there. And if you can have so many better experiences with so many other games that are almost as easily accessible, then why would you go back to it when it's then it's so hard to get into especially when other games are so much better so it has a lot of problems i love it i can play it i can appreciate it but i'm gonna have to say no it it, it doesn't hold up if if you haven't played this one before and that's hard for me to say um it really is i hate saying it i'm sorry <laughs> shane how about you i am i am genuinely surprised by this turn of events so does it hold up today i it does in a way, but as I think all of you have kind of said at this point, you can honestly do better even within the series itself. Right. Yeah. And admittedly it's, it is hard to recommend when there are other side scrollers that do what this does, but do it better in just about every area where it really counts. And you know, like I said, granted, it was an arcade at the same time. So there was that time differential as far as when it was being developed. But again, you get things like Turtles in Time and a lot of other ones that come out pretty shortly after this that honestly kind of blow it out of the water. But is it something that you're going to have a bad time playing? Not really, unless you're Goob's kid. <laughs> other than that, I, uh, I, I, you know, if you want to check it out, see where, you know, the, the, the series got its start, where the roots are, you could do worse. You could do a hell of a lot worse. You could be golden X by that same token. You could do a hell of a lot better. Yeah. 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 Now I'm depressed. Tammy, you shame. <laughs> Ah, crushing one dream at a time. Well, oh. Let me let me give you one fun fact, since that's that's something we do on our show, and, and I'm the fun fact guy. Uh, Goobs, hold we'll, on, yeah, hold on, Toby. Let yeah. Goobs introduce it. Welcome to the fun facts with Toby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just uh, this is this is just a little fun fact. This game copied obviously Final Fight, and you know we we know that. There's a a fun thing that the same artist that did the cover art for Streets of Rage 1 and 2 also did Final Fight 2 and used some of the same assets from the Streets of Rage 1 and 2 cover on the Final Fight uh, 2 cover. So he stole his own artwork to put on the Final Fight 2. So I think there's three or four <laughs> different things on on the both of the uh, the Streets of Rage covers that are uh, repeated 
<laughs> on the Final Fight cover. One is like the there's someone in in the window in one of the buildings. There's someone peeking their head out of the sewer. The same way like Axel is like or, or Blaze. Someone's kicking up. They're like doing like a, a kick, and the other character on the other game is doing the same thing. Uh, so yeah, even though this obviously ripped off Final Fight. Final Fight kind of got the last laugh and ripped them off on their artwork. So that's it. You know what? I will. You did say it's better than Final Fight, and I agree with you. I'll go. I'll go even a step further with controversy with Final Fight. I think it's better than all of the Final Fights. Ooh, that is pretty controversial. Wow. I'll say the second one is definitely better than all the uh, all the Final Fights. But yeah, I don't know about the first one. Interesting. That's that's very controversial. I just I don't like any of the final fight game. Fair enough. I actually don't like a lot of I don't like a lot of beat em ups outside of Streets of Rage, if I'm being completely honest, outside of that series and the other games I mentioned. It's a, it's an easy genre to make, but it's a hard genre to make fun. So I guess in, in that aspect, I can say Streets of Rage is held up because there are a lot of beat em ups on the Super Nintendo that just don't hold up. They 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 play like butt, especially on the Genesis. They they're they're really bad. And I think this one holds up better than a lot of other ones. So I'll give it that. Well, there you go. Even even to a newcomer. So, OK, I changed I changed my saying to it's definitely in the top tier of beat em ups for the era. So there it is. It's not better than like later ones, but it's definitely up there. I, I will agree with Toby what he said earlier. There it is. <laughs> <sighs> Being all hesi- hesitant. Hesitant. We did it. Yay. We did it, everybody. Hurrah. We got there. <laughs> all right. So we're going to close this up. We're going to wrap this up. And first of all, I would just like to thank Toby and Goobs for being on this episode today. I, I'm a big fan of your show. I, I'm a patron of your show. I, I love being in your discord. But I will let you explain to the good people out there where to find all this stuff. So. Go for it, guys. Let them know where they can find you on the internet. Since I'm laggy, Toby, take it the fuck away, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, again, we are part of the Secret Levels podcast. You can find us at all the major podcasting platforms. If you want to make it simple, you can go to badsecretmedia.com and find all the links to that show. And Goobs and I have other shows that we've done in the past. So you can go check out all the episodes for all those. Badsecretmedia.com. Again, we cover retro games. We we uh, make a lot of dick jokes, a lot of dick jokes. And there's a genie on there sometimes that Goobs doesn't know about. So, you know, there's that, too. Uh, but you can find us on Wait, social. What? <laughs> you can find us on social media at Secret Levels Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And we have a Facebook page and Facebook group. And uh, since Goobs is a little laggy, I'll do this. Join the motherfucking discord because we have a discord and uh, you can find it in our show notes for our episodes. Uh, we have a good time and and like I said you're in there and and you uh, hang out with us and bullshit with us all the time so good times awesome and uh as far as we are concerned if you are listening to this and that means you've already found us so hi hello welcome we're we're, we're glad that you're here and uh if you'd like to engage with the show in some new and exciting ways then you can do that uh by heading over to let's just say uh, our public discord that's a great place to start because we got a fantastic little community there um we always have a good time some good discussions there are a number of other ways that you can check out what we do as well. If you'd like to support the show um, in perhaps a more 
financial sort of fashion. If you're crazy enough to do that, I don't recommend it. But if you'd like to, um, you can also head over to our Patreon as well as our merch store. And all of these things, including our social medias and our YouTube and the Twitch streams and maybe a TikTok someday, but probably not because I think we're like legally too old to have one of those. But uh, you can find all of those links conveniently in one location. You can just go to linktree slash retro hangover. That is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash retro hangover and choose the destination that suits you best. And Chris, would you like to tell the fine people about our stream Sundays? Yeah, absolutely. Go to twitch.tv slash retro hangover. You could probably find it on the link tree thingy that Shane keeps talking about. It's co- kind of cool. We'll play games at around 9 p.m. Eastern time on twitch.tv slash retro hangover. It may be related to the thing that we're talking about that's current to our episode. It may not be. It, it's really up to us and what our patrons are feeling. Or if you show up the Discord, you can even recommend a game. and We'll probably pay that because, yeah, we do what we want. Also, another thing I do want to bring up is episode 100 is right around the corner. This being episode 98. Mm. So in between episode 99 and 100, we are going to be releasing an AMA episode. Ask us anything and we will answer it. Um, we know that we have some people on our discord that are known to be asking very lewd questions and we have a pretty good idea of who our listener base is. So I guess, um, <laughs> we are really setting ourselves up here, but yeah, go ahead. Ask sure us, are. uh, it's going to be an AMA. Just, you can, you know, DM us on our Twitter account, Instagram, or even, you can even reach out to us on podcast at retrohangover.com, And we will take your questions for answering on that episode. Good Lord. When was the last time we actually mentioned the podcast email address? Ages ago. I don't ago. even remember. Probably a year. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, but at any rate, I suppose, with all of that being said, until next time, play with your blistered enraged joysticks. Shane here with a quick message. You know, the one rule Chris and I have always gone by regarding advertisements is this. It has to be something we use and can personally vouch for. If you know me, you know I love coffee. And Bones Coffee Company has been my go-to for home brewing for quite some time now. Their small batch beans come in an impressive variety of flavors like Mint Invaders from Chocolate Space or Electric Unicorn, which I swear tastes exactly like Fruity Pebbles. And the best part, no added sugar or calories involved, just natural flavors infused right into the beans themselves. Build your own sample pack of five four ounce bags to find out which flavors speak to you, or jump in head first with full 12 ounce bags. They've even got K-Cups. Step up your homebrew game with Bones Coffee by visiting bit.ly slash RHP Bones. That's bit.ly slash R-H-P-B-O-N-E-S.